puck is dropped, and it's showtime from downtown Winnipeg. Oh, see the blast. Loose puck. Scores! Shankly wires it. Scores! What a stop by Hellebuck. Kyle Connor, Jets go bang, bang, bang. Welcome to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. It's another episode of Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, episode 155. Joined once again, of course, by my favorite co-host, I think it's safe to say, Paul Edmonds, Jamie Thomas. You know, it's CJP. hard to butter people up when you know that they have to deliver here, and it's not like invite only, you know. <laughs> Your Academy so, Award is here today. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can come I, on the podcast. We're captive. I, you do, know, yeah. I do it. I, I've locked the door. I'm sorry. Uh, lots to come on this episode. Uh a great chat between Jamie Thomas and uh, Dominic DiVincentis, the Jets prospect goaltender uh, in the Ontario Hockey League, who's absolutely tearing it up if you uh, follow the OHL on Twitter. Basically, every tweet right now is him winning something or yeah. doing something incredible. So looking forward to that one. But before we get to that, guys, so often we hear the saying, you can't get too high, you can't get too low. Certainly things have been challenging for the Jets of late in the last two outings. Really kind of show the range of emotions, in my opinion. Big win over Edmonton. All the offensive contributions you'd love to see up and down the lineup. And then a night that the Jets can't seem to really buy one, but yet, you know, they had a lead late against San Jose, and then all of a sudden, 10 seconds left. It's not even like it's a a bad play. The puck just goes off of Wheeler, who blocked the shot. All of a sudden, the game's tied, and then in overtime, San Jose takes the win. So... The schedule doesn't get any easier as we go forward here, but what's the key to, you know, finding that consistency and, you know, ultimately at the end of the night, ending up with those results that we saw earlier in the season? Well, there hasn't been a lot of consistency of late. When you look in the last 10, it's 2-6-2. and two. That tells you all you need to know. But being the forever optimist, I always believe that maybe one game will kickstart you into being more consistent and we're still looking to see when that's going to happen. You thought maybe it might have happened from Saturday night with Edmonton and then a carryover into San Jose, but that's kind of not the type of game that you needed to have on the schedule. You needed Minnesota to come in so that you had that that emotional carryover, right? It Just for whatever reason, and you're fighting for points and you're fighting for a playoff spot, but San Jose comes in and they're one of the the bottom feeders in the league. I'm sorry, they just are. You haven't seen them since November of 2021. I mean, there's just not a lot there. It might that might get stoked here now because you're going to see them a couple more times over the next four weeks. But it just wasn't a real good scenario for the Jets. But in saying that, Minnesota comes into town, and that's when you hope that inside of 20 games that they kickstart things. I think. Things are starting to move in the right direction for them. You always know when a team's going to go into a slump because they're not playing the right way and yet they're still winning. And yet you're going to find out that if you're around the game long enough, a team's going to start to come out before the results start to show it. And they've started to move that way in the last couple of games. So, hey, listen, in the last two games, they have three out of a possible four points. That's a little bit more consistent than they had been previous to that. So I think we'll kind of hang our hat on that. But you've got an emotional game coming up against Minnesota and others as you go on the road and you're playing playoff teams all the way through, through Florida and Carolina. Um, It's time to find some consistency again because this would be the most inconsistent time of the year for the Jets. 
And something that they would also like to find the consistency on and would also kind of chip in toward finding the consistency that Paul Edmonds was talking about there, power play. Power play touching top 10 at one point in the season now currently sits 17th. And since coming back from the break, Jamie, it's 22nd. Now, it's a challenge the Jets coaching staff and players have been trying to sort out. They've been, you know, moving Mm. things around, trying different things. So clearly working on solutions. But with all the talent, especially on that top unit, what are the priorities to get it rolling in the right direction, you think? Well, I, there's a couple of things. I'd like to see them start winning some, you know, face-offs would be kind of starting with the puck first would be a, a good start. I also think that we've seen them, the seam pass. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, head coach Rick Bonus would call the hope pass. You know, just throwing it out there with the hope of that something's going to happen. It just hasn't been working so much. If they continue to get the filter pucks towards the front of the net, use their blue line a little bit more and look for tips and look for rebounds and stuff like that, I think you're going to start seeing – some pucks going in, and it's it's they they're moving the puck well, but they keep looking for that that one timer. And the goaltenders know it, the defense know it. They they filter over to Mark Shifley, they come over to Kyle Connor, they take away that that one timer away. The other teams know this is coming, so there's got to be other ways to 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 get pucks to the net. And like I just said, look for hope for tips. Now, Nito Niederreiter is a great addition to the power play. He's looking fantastic in the bumper position. You know, rang one off the post yesterday. He's got a great release. He's very good at moving towards the puck when the when the puck's moving around the, on the outside. I, I just like everything about him there. So he's got that big body that's going to crash the front of the net. Pierre-Luc Dubois came back yesterday again that game against the San Jose Sharks. They have the pieces to do so. It's just about getting pucks to the front of the net and hopefully chaos ensues afterwards. They just have too much talent for this to continue to go the way it is right now. And that says, you know, nothing of the, obviously, the second unit as well, which I, I yeah. didn't really ask about. But certainly, you know, Nate Schmidt puts the Jets up 2-1 against San Jose on Monday. And, you know, it's not a power play goal. It comes just at the very end mm-hmm. of it. But uh, certainly that unit as well, uh, creating some opportunities as well. So hopefully that all starts to shift for the Winnipeg Jets. Now, I mentioned off the top, uh, Dominic DiVincentis, who... I think a lot of fans might remember from the draft. If you don't remember him from the draft, <laughs> make sure you go back on, on you know, the Winnipeg Jets website to be able to find his interview because it's uh, it's really cool and just seems like another really good personality. Obviously, a lot of people talk about you know what Rucker McGrory showed yeah. uh, when he was drafted in the first round, but certainly uh, DeVincentis also a really great story. You had a good chat with him. I, I did, and you know we saw it in his media availability after he was drafted in Montreal, just how grateful he was, and that that continues and carries over into the interview today. Talks about why he made the choice to go to Montreal. He wasn't sure he was going to get drafted, so uh, great story there. And of course, uh, continues to thank his family. But keep in mind, this this guy just won the OHL goaltender of the week. He's the Ontario Hockey League goaltender of the month for January. Mitch is right. There just seems like more and more accolades going on to his mantelpiece of everything he's he's accomplished so far this year. Shop where the players shop. Jets gear and truenorthshop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets gear locations or shop online at truenorthshop.com. Hi. This is Josh Morrissey, and you're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Dom, uh, let's start things off with congratulations. Another accolade for you this season, the OHL Goaltender of the Week. Uh, just talk about this past week, and then we'll get into the season itself. But this, just this past week has been a great, a great week for your team and yourself. Yeah, I mean, uh, thank you very much. Um, it's obviously an, it's an accomplishment that uh, I've been working for all year. Um, 
but it's something that comes with hard work and dedication and obviously uh, comes with a lot of help from my team as well. Um, wouldn't be here without them. So I just want to say, uh, yeah, it's definitely an accomplishment I've been working for, but it doesn't stop here. Okay, so let's talk about the season itself. You guys are right up there in the top of the standings. How well and how much do you guys believe in the opportunity you're going to have once the playoffs arrive? Yeah, you know, we've been working um, working this year for, for these big moments. Um, it's definitely – it's been a, a little bit of a roller coaster of a year. We fought through some adversity, but I think uh, we've definitely done a great job battling through it and um, finally starting to find our way at the top of things. And I think that's uh, really important in the last couple of weeks here of the season going into playoffs. And uh, I fully – I believe in our team, and I, I know the rest of the team believes in all of us that we can do this. So I think it's going to be a great outcome for playoff time. Speaking of teammates, Charlie Robertson is your fellow goaltender. You know, I mean, though, you guys play a unique position. Speak about your relationship with Charlie. Oh, we have a great relationship off the ice. Um, a very friendly relationship. But when it comes down to practicing and um, working, it's definitely a lot of compete. Um, even like I said last year with my other goalie partner, Joe Rebetic, it's off the ice is a lot of fun. We have we hang out off, off ice. We we play a lot of poker and just fool around. But when it comes down to uh, getting on the ice and working hard in the gym, it's all about competing and uh, trying to trying to make each other better each and every day. Um, Adam Dennis, your general manager, spoke very highly of you since it's the Christmas break. You've really locked things down. What is What would you say is the biggest difference between the way you're playing now as you were before the Christmas break? Um, I think it was just that refresh of Christmas. Going into Christmas, there's a lot of uh, – a lot of excitement. You get to see the family again. And uh, I definitely think having that week with the family and, and seeing some friends and uh, taking some time off, it's, it was definitely, it's definitely important for someone who's going through a season. And I think coming back from there, it was just a total refresh, get back on track and uh, just continuously working hard each and every day to get better and better. Let's talk about that a little bit. I, you're away from your family for a long period of time. I, let's touch on that a little bit more. Like how refreshing is that to go back and see families and friends and to get that little break away from a very grueling schedule, let's face it. Yeah, no, it's obviously uh, it's obviously something that you, you definitely miss, not seeing the family every day and uh, seeing some family friends. Um it, it, it's exciting when it comes down to that last couple of days until Christmas break. Uh, guys are guys are excited. Uh, they get to go home. They get to see the family. Um, it's obviously you miss them, right? It's you're yeah. away from them for for five months or six months at the beginning of the season, and then another five or six towards the end. So um, having that little week break, it's 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 not too long, but it's definitely one that you cherish every year when it comes down to that time. There's a lot of athletic or a lot of athletes in your family. Let's talk about your parents a little bit. Let's start with your dad. Yeah, my dad was a uh, my dad was actually an ice hockey goalie back in the day. <laughs> of um, course, what <laughs> wasn't very good, but he was uh, he attempted. Um, and but he also played um, semi professional ball hockey. I'm pretty sure that's what they called it back then. Mm -hmm. um, he was a pretty good ball hockey player. Uh, my mom is a is a cyclist. Through the summer, she's uh, she's constantly. Uh, cycling and my sister was a was a uh, a rep soccer player but now has pursued athletic, uh, academics so yeah well let's was there a lot of competition in your house obviously growing up then um 
Yeah, I would say there was some competition. I mean, we play, we played different sports, so mm-hmm. it wasn't too competitive in that way. But it was always it's always a competition for me. I I like competition. <laughs> and never I never like losing. So. <laughs> and would your sister bring that up often? And when you guys when she speaks of you. Um. Yeah. She, if, if it was a question asked her, she would say I'm very competitive. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if she would say it off the off the hop, but definitely mm-hmm. she would say it. Uh, I know you're born in Toronto, um, growing up, but your, your, your hometown is Bolton. Tell us a little bit about Bolton, Ontario. Yeah, it's more of that country style. Um, it's a little bit more North. So it's, uh, well, actually just going back recently, they've uh, expanded it quite a bit. There's a lot more buildings, a lot more traffic now, but, uh, when we first moved there, wasn't, uh, wasn't a very big city. It's, uh, it was pretty small, lived downtown, um, like live downtown Bolton. That's where mm-hmm. I live. And, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't too much traffic, very country style. Uh, I love it there. I mean, it's, it's somewhere, uh, outside the city where you're not getting stuck in traffic on the highway all the time and, um, stuff like that. But, uh, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit about North Bay. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of less, a lot less traffic, but it's still beautiful. What's your favorite thing to do in Bolton when you go back and when, like at Christmas, like what's, what's something you would do? I know it changed a little bit in the, in the, in the winter time as compared to summer, but let's talk about what you do in the winter and then your favorite thing to do in the summer. Um, well, I have a soccer field right across the street from my house. So uh, summertime, I invite some buddies over and we play a little bit of soccer, uh, just fool around for a bit. Um, and then the winter time, um, I mean, I'm not there very often. Very long, right. So when I was there for Christmas, I didn't really do much like outside. Yeah. Um, but I mean, growing up as a kid, it's just, uh, I mean, going outside, building, building a snowman and fooling around with my sister. It was just one Classic. of those things. <laughs> Classic. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, favorite goaltender is Carrie Price. So, so uh, I mean, you can only speak to so much uh, how, how great of a goaltender he is and was uh, what, what got you attracted to Carrie Price as your number one guy? Yeah, I mean, growing up, he's uh, obviously, like you said, he was uh, one of a kind goaltender growing up, uh, someone that I always heard um, people talking about. So just about watching him, he's just a very composed, uh, calm, uh, great skating um, goaltender. He has pretty strong hockey IQ. So um, those little things are details that I think every goaltender needs um, playing at a high level. And so I take things back. I took away things from him to try to implicate into my game. And uh, as well as his like off face, the way he is with the community, always giving back and uh, stuff like that. Like I take a lot into that and I uh, try my best at any time I can to get back to the community, to the less fortunate as, as I know how it's, it's hard, right. Playing mm-hmm. this hockey. It's, it's not, a, it's not a cheap sport. So anytime I can get back to help out little kids or families, that's something I always enjoy doing. Now, part of being part of the Canadian Hockey League, the Ontario Hockey League itself, a lot of those, you know, smaller market teams, you do do a lot of things in the community. What's something that the battalion end up doing here that you guys enjoy end up doing as team, a team there? Yeah, so we, like, weekly, um, some, like, we split up as a, as a group, I'd say. Some, some guys go to schools to, uh, yeah. to do, like, speeches or uh, talk about mental health, stuff like that. Some guys will go to schools and play ball hockey with like the kids during their gym class or fool around with them playing like, like little sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was also this thing we did here. It was ran by one of the guys on the team um, called the wake sakes. So you go to the, um, 
like the the food house or the I forgot what it's called, but it's like um a place where like the people can go in, get food, get breakfast, lunch, dinner kind of thing. And right. we help serve it. We help give them water, coffee, kind of what they what they need or what they ask for. So you just spend, I'd say, an hour and a half there just just handing out food and giving food out to them, uh, making sure they're staying warm, stuff like that. So those that those are little things that we do as a team around here. Uh, it's a small market in the Ontario Hockey League. Of course, Winnipeg is one of the smallest markets in the National Hockey League. Let's go, Dom. Let's go to in June or July. Or, yeah, June. I'm losing track of time here. But uh, in the draft in Montreal, first off, had you been to Montreal before? And let's talk about the whole week leading up to the NHL draft. Yeah, so I've, I've been to Montreal. I went once before for a hockey tournament, um, mm-hmm. spring hockey tournament back in the day. Uh, beautiful city. I love it. Yes. There. It's, uh, such a very it's such a, a nice city the rink is beautiful mm-hmm. um, but I'd say going into the draft it was there was a lot of uncertainties um, not really knowing where I was going who I was going to if I was even going um, going in the draft so it was definitely um, a lot of excitement and nerves built up uh, leading up to it but I mean obviously not having the season, like I only played one season in the NHL right. prior right. to the draft. So there was also a lot of that in there too, where if I wasn't getting drafted, it's not the end of the world. Just keep pushing, keep getting better. I throughout the summertime so that when I come back into this season here, it was, it was time to go. And this was the year I was, I'd be drafted, but um, leading up to the draft, there was just, I got there a day early. So it spent time with the family, um, had a couple interviews there, um, like with teams, um, and then went to watch the first round, saw a couple of my buddies get drafted. Um, excited for them. It was a pretty cool experience. And then uh, second day, did it all over again. Put on mm-hmm. the suit, walked over <laughs> to uh, walked over to the rink. Same suit? Sure we... Yeah, same yeah. suit. Yeah. Um, pretty sure it started at 11 o'clock um, the second day. So I uh, had walked over there with the family. Um, and just, like I said, watched some of my buddies get drafted. One of my but one of my best buddies uh, who plays on North Bay with me as well is Ty Nelson. So he ended up going in the third round. Um, super excited for him. He, he was up there in the Seattle like box and he was actually directly across from me where I was sitting. So we were looking at each other, waving back and forth, uh, <laughs> you know, like just, just keeping that contact so that if he saw I went, he would, uh, he'd come down, but um, he was up there enjoying his time. And then he ended up actually come the seventh round, um, he walked downstairs to come sit with me and my family. So their so their whole family came down to like my seats because there were some empty seats there. So they came to sit down with us, and not even joking, I'd say three minutes later, I would say <laughs> I, I, I it was very quick. Um, he literally sat down, and I'd say a couple minutes later, Winnipeg ended up calling my name and. I just I, I don't even honestly remember like the the whole thing. I think I just kind of was so excited. I just blacked out completely. <laughs> um, but there were jokes going around that I had the left the loudest seventh round pick in history. <laughs> so that's what I, was, that's what I heard here, right? So just like uh, Mitchell Clayton, who works uh, covers Jets uh, for us uh, at Jets TV, I just said there was a loud explosion. It sounded like you had a whole section for you and it, it was it was well documented about that whole situation so it, it, that's so cool that you know you, you waited so long and so patiently to have that moment and have so many people yeah, cheering for you 
Oh yeah, it was definitely one to remember. Um, I appreciate every single one of them and uh, everything they do for me. So they definitely, uh, they brought a, a spark in the day for sure. And like I said, it was, it was the talked about thing over the draft, uh, having the loudest uh, fans, but um, yeah, like I, like I've always said, I'm just honored to be a Jed and uh, super excited. Um, what, what, what went to the decision to go to the draft, to go to Montreal when you weren't sure if that was going to happen? Um, the, the honest decision was um, the fact that if I was to get drafted and I was at home, yeah, I wouldn't have been as happy as just going to the draft, going through the experience and, and not being drafted. Like if I was at home and got drafted, obviously everyone's excited. That's it's insane to be drafted in general, but to not go, you lose that experience of being there and seeing my buddies get drafted. So it would have been just, um, it's something that I've always dreamed about. Like growing up playing hockey, it's always about getting drafted to the NHL. And it finally was there where I had the moment to possibly get drafted and, and be a part of it. So I said, you know what? If I don't get drafted and I'm there, it's not the end of the world. Like you just keep keep working, keep going. And eventually I'll find my path there as the hard worker I am. But um, I just wanted to be a part of it. Like watch my friends go and and possibly get drafted being there and it ended up happening and coming to reality and it was honestly the best experience I think I've ever experienced in my life and one to remember now for our listeners who are listening to us and have never been to a draft it's the first the first round like 10 minutes per pick so it takes a long time but in the second through seventh round it's like a speed it's like bang bang so I can understand it's like one every three minutes it seems like and I can understand why you would black out because there's just an, as soon as your name's announced, it feels like there's another one announced right afterwards. So let's go into the group that came with you. It was your mom's parents, your mom and your dad and your sister. Whose reaction was your favorite reaction after you heard your name being announced? Um, well, to be honest with you, I was sitting right next to my dad. Yeah. Um, so I would say his reaction, because I, I honestly, like I said, I blacked out. Like, I, I don't remember really even hearing my name mm -hmm. like I just kind of heard like the last couple um like letters of my name like Divincentis <laughs> like I just kind of heard a little bit of it and I kind of I looked at the board I saw my name and my dad jumped up and everyone went crazy around me so um I can only really say the best one was my dad because mm -hmm. uh, I really didn't see my mom's or anyone else's reaction did you, did you have it in your mind before your immediate availability that day that you, how many people you're going to have to thank? Like your grant, you thank your grandparents. You mentioned that they had driven you to a lot of hockey games and hockey practices. Did you, was that immediately in your mind that I have to thank so many people? Honestly, it was, uh, it's something that I always think about. I always say thank you to my family who, who's always been there for me. So it, it, that was, that was really one of the first things that I ever thought of actually getting drafted was just, saying thank you to them like for everything they've done for me even my my aunts and uncles who weren't there um it's just always about saying thank you and appreciating mm -hmm. everything they've done for me so um even if i wasn't drafted it would have still been a thank you to them for coming and uh thanking my parents my sister and and the rest of my family for for always being there for me so i don't think it was so much if i was drafted to say thank you it's just always in general like just sending out a quick message to them just saying thank you i do it every day every day so mm -hmm. another thing to be thankful for was uh, rookie camp with the Jets uh, in Penticton. Had you ever been to Penticton before? And what did you think of it when you got there? 
No. So I've never been there before. Um, insane. Beautiful though. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. It was honestly one of the nicest places I've ever been to. Like, yeah, seriously, it was, it was so nice there. And it's, it's even cooler that we were there with, uh, with the jets playing, uh, I'd say a mini tournament. Like, yeah, it was, it was so cool walking to the rink and getting on the bus and driving down from Kelowna. It's, all mountains, water. It's, it was beautiful. There's no words to explain it, honestly. Uh, I think something that's lost that whole time is that first time you put on a Jets jersey. Now you've, you know, you put one on after you get drafted, but to put it on over top of your equipment to play in a game, what was that experience like for you? Unbelievable. It was like <laughs> I was stargazed. I yeah. couldn't believe it when I walked in that that room and I saw my name tag with the jersey underneath it. I was just like, it, it it's finally here. It's finally reality. But like I said before, the hard work just starts now. So it was, uh, it was honestly, like I said, an honor. It's an honor to put on that jersey and uh, just want to thank everyone for believing in me. And that's it. When did the nerves go away from that part? Because I, I don't think people understand how nervous you would be. I know it's not, it's not an NHL exhibition game, but it's your, it's your first time as a Winnipeg Jet. Um, well, I mean, yeah, the, the nerves and excitement are there for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but being a goalie and, and being in my position here, I've got to learn how to channel them. So right. I've learned how to, I've learned how to channel the nerves and the excitement to kind of keep it in the back of my mind and just focus on playing my best game. So it was definitely that excitement, the nerves, like instantly putting it on. But mm -hmm. once I got in the zone and got out there, I learned to keep them away and put them in the back of my head. So I just kind of toned it out and just got back in my zone and played the game. Uh, it must have been neat to be there. The Jets had a lot of uh, first-round picks in, in the on the in the lineup. Of course, Chaz Lucius, Brad Lambert. You were you were there with quite some a lot of skilled players. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. They're uh, like like uh, like I said, there was phenomenal prospects in the in the Jets organization. Phenomenal players. So uh, it was it was exciting week. Um, got a got to learn a, a lot about different guys and uh, got to meet a lot of different people. So. Um, Definitely a great group of guys. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Jimmy, Roy, Mike Keen are a big part of the Jets development program. How much of a contact are you with them uh, as the season goes along? Well, yeah, we're in a lot of contact, uh, all three of us. Uh, they've been out to come watch a couple games so far this year, which is amazing. Uh, really nice seeing them again. Um, but constant communication, uh, even with Drew McIntyre there. Yeah. Uh, the goalie coach. So, um Grateful, grateful to have them on my side and being able to reach out to them uh, at all times. So I uh, really appreciate them and, and just want to say thank you. Drew's a very quiet guy. Is he a quiet guy when he's in conversation with you? No, we have no. a we have a pretty good relationship right now. So um, it's a relationship that uh, came across quick and uh, it, it all started kind of when I went down to Winnipeg into Penticton and I got to learn a lot from him as well. So, um, yeah, no, he's not, he's not too quiet when we're talking, but we talk a lot about hockey and goaltending. So I guess it's just the, the lingo that goes around with us. He, yeah. He obviously understands you a little bit. What's up next for you, Dom? Like what's, what's your big focus now going forward? Um, I'd say for me, it's, it's making it to the playoffs here. Um, helping my team make it as far as we can and hopefully uh, win a championship and make it to the Memorial cup. All right, my friend, uh, congratulations on the accolades so far and good luck going forward. And I say that on behalf of the Jets organization and the fans. Thank you so much for having me.
Hey Jets fans, I'm Sarah Orleski. Don't forget to join me after each and every home game for the Winnipeg Jets post-game show live presented by Budweiser, where you'll get exclusive interviews, in-room access, and more. Catch us on all Winnipeg Jets platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and winnipegjets.com. All right, a big thank you to Dominic DiVincentis for joining us uh, on this week's uh, episode of Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Gentlemen, as we record this, the Jets have 12 games left in March, eight of them coming on the road with a couple back-to-backs in there too. Winnipeg 15-15-1 on the road so far this season. And outside of a three-game trip against Eastern Conference opponents, which is coming up here, all the Jets see are Western teams. A chance to really put themselves in a good spot if they can get on a roll like you were kind of touching touching on a little bit earlier Paul it's interesting because when you look at the game that's coming up later this week against Minnesota depending on what happens in the lead up to some games prior to that you could be within one point of Minnesota or you could be as many as seven back that's where you're at right now and so in part and parcel to talking about that first question and answer about consistency you have to find a little bit more because you don't want the gap to open. You would like to finish in a top three position in your division. And I would be frank in saying, gentlemen, that I still believe for the Jets, if they can find a little more consistency, that first place would be open to them as well. They don't have any games against Dallas, um, but Dallas is going to run into it at some point as well against some opposition, and you make sure that you take care of the games that you have to. In saying that, it's a bit of a murderer's row in what you've got coming up. Um, not only Minnesota, but we talked about the two Floridian teams and then into Carolina. I mean, those are formidable uh, as they get in the Eastern Conference. And then you come home to play Boston, the best team in the league. Welcome home. But you're going to get a real good dose of reality about how you're playing and how you feel about yourself over the course of the next week and a half to two weeks. And if I'm the Winnipeg Jets, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, mm-hmm. let's see where we're at. I I like the the pickups of the of the two new players and Nita Ryder and, and Vladislav Nemesnikov and uh, so from that standpoint, yeah, the schedule is a little bit tough. Uh, but if you want to finish in a top three spot, or if you want to get a little bit higher than that, you're going to have to earn it. So bring it on, I say. Uh, but it's also intriguing from our perspective, and then certainly the fans, to see exactly what this team will deliver in probably the most uh, crucial time of the year, and also maybe the most arduous when it comes to the scheduling. Yeah, and you mentioned you know the the standings, where you could be, and you know, how far back you are of Dallas versus, you know, getting into those two, three spots. Let's take a quick look behind the curtain, Jamie. We we know the Jets have the standings posted in a place where everyone can see them in, in the room. That's kind of what uh, Rick Bonus has said often. Um, I realize it's part of all of our jobs to know where things are at, but as we reach the final four weeks here, how much time do you kind of go through, spend, go, kind of going through scenarios and, and standings <laughs> watching and t- trying to not necessarily – predict how it's all going to go because I mean it's impossible to predict that kind of right. stuff but how, how much time do you spend looking at it looking at schedules and kind of trying to get a feel for what's coming up for a lot of these teams well I was watching a, a game the other day in, with the Calgary Flames and the Flames have like the third easiest schedule like you see stats like that pop up and Calgary of course uh, trying to fight their way back into the final wild card spot in the in the in the Western Conference, but to me right now, it's just like the eight teams that are in this, their spots right now seem to be—I don't want to say locks, but I feel like they're—they're almost—they're they're there. I don't feel like anybody's Nashville's sold off a bunch of places. They're—they're—they're they're, they're, they're kind of crippling along here. Calgary can't seem to find any consistency. So to me, it just feels like 
how do those t- those eight teams work out? The Pacific Division's a mess. You don't know who's going to finish first. Vegas is kind of getting a little bit of a roll, but we've seen that with them. So it that's why if they just with the Jets just get in and get some type of consistency going, that's where I feel you stop looking at the schedule and you start going, okay, oh my gosh, they're going to play this guy. It's just about them getting to where they need to be. Because to me, the Western Conference is wide open. It's not. There's no dominant team there right now. There's been dominant stretches, but nobody's just kind of taken over, in my opinion, in in this conference. So I I think you watch what the Jets are doing. You see their schedule, but you don't really pay too much attention to what everybody else is doing that way. Here's where the script flips inconsistency. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're talking about the teams behind the Winnipeg Jets that are maybe trying to catch them, and Winnipeg's in dire in terms of not winning enough and allowing those teams back in. When you get a little more consistent, you're starting to look above you and the teams ahead of you, and you're chasing them. So let's see if that can switch here in the next couple of games for Winnipeg. And that's a perfect cliffhanger ending to this episode of Ground Control, (laughs) the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Of course, the schedule, as Paul Edmonds has kind of alluded to throughout this one, they play Minnesota on Wednesday before heading out on the road for three. They've got the Panthers on the 11th. That's Saturday, the Tampa Bay Lightning on Sunday, and then into Carolina for the road trip finale on the Tuesday. We'll see you next time on Ground Control. This has been Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. For more Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.